0: Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty on Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater
1: safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their fifty-nine dollar twenty-seven point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free one-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free.
0: Go to ServicePatriots.com.
1: This is Danny and Dusty.
0: Meringatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new.
1: With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera.
0: All those monkey sounds in there are called good.
1: The old like Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The fan. Good afternoon. Oh, ah, ah, ah. Hey, happy December 7th to everybody. Good afternoon. Indeed uh December 7th just realizing uh Pearl Harbor day I was wondering why a day that <laughs> shall live in infamy yeah. a day that shall live in it. it still does it does live in infamy um and this will be our what is it our third mention of centenarians on on the program this week mm. <laughs> but I saw that uh there's a couple of them Who are still kicking around. Like, there's not a lot of World War II vets that are kicking around anymore.
0: No, I mean. They're all,
1: think about that. 82 years ago. 82 years ago. They were 18 at least. 18 years Mm. old, and that's that's a hundo. Yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. I just saw a tweet that said, two of the 25 surviving Pearl Harbor uh, veterans uh, live in Central Oregon. A blue zone. (laughs) A blue zone (laughs) Mm. right here in Central Oregon. That's crazy. There's only 25 left. Yeah. Yeah from per- uh, Pearl Harbor yeah. yeah no I think
1: know. about that though I, I mean we- that's actually really good <laughs> I mean that's uh, I mean I don't know what the total number was <laughs> eighty two years ago but twenty five that's still a good that's a solid number yeah it's a solid number and two of them right here in our own backyard I remember back in high school and you know you don't you never take these things uh, as for really how serious as they are but I remember we had one of our teachers um. Actually, a few of our teachers kind of rallied together and were like, look, we got to we got to make this a bigger deal because, you know, the greatest generation is dying off. And this was 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And so they started bringing in a lot of the World War Two vets um, and they would come and. Like classes would just filter through the library, and they just they bring them in. We would talk and share their stories, and kind of what life was like, and how everything was, and how hard it was mm-hmm. for them, and what World War II was actually like to live it. And because they were all like our age yeah. at the time, and it was now looking back on it, I'm I'm really thankful that mm-hmm. my high school was able to do that, and they brought all of those those veterans back in because here we are in 2023. To twenty five remain. Yeah, no, twenty five of the of the um, twenty five people remain of Pearl the attack on Pearl Harbor. Survivors, of Pearl Harbor, crazy. Harbor which it's crazy, which saw over twenty three hundred service members killed.
0: Holy smokes! So yeah, it's um my junior year of high school. I had a kind uh, of kind of a kind of a, uh, a senior project style project mm-hmm. for a uh, for a uh, uh, history social studies class where I I spent basically three months. Like talking to and interviewing on and off It's neat. Uh a World War II veteran. Oh. And did it I mean a big like a like a, like a traditional college style
1: history. Oh, cool. paper.
0: And uh still one of like it I, I'm honestly just now realizing this. It's probably the biggest external motivator that I had in the, that ended up getting me to join the military after nine eleven happened six months later.
1: Mm. That's crazy.
0: I'm just now kind of putting
1: that together. (laughs) Yeah. Just all the, how, how the planet's all aligned. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, um, yeah, it's a day that we should remember because, I mean, that was a large scale attack on, in our own backyard, on our bases in, in our country. And that's, uh, woof, 82 years ago, a day that will live in infamy and got us in full fledged into uh, World War II. Dang. Um, All right. December 7th. I also remember from Coach. Mm. You ever you ever watch the show Coach? I love the show Coach. Oh yeah, it was great. Mm -hmm. Hayden Fox, Luther Van Mm Dam, Dauber, Dauber. But there was a Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, Craig T. Nelson, great actor. Great range, Craig Mm -hmm. T. Nelson has. I'm a
2: Craig T. Nelson fan. I am
1: too. I'm a big fan of the uh,
0: of the uh, of the the middle name acknowledgement, or yeah, the middle middle initial. Initial, yeah.
2: It really
1: dresses you up as a human being.
2: Like John C. Riley, it's not the same if it's just John Riley. No,
1: exactly. No, yeah, you have to Nelson. Yeah, you you have to have Mm -hmm. that in there. Especially, it's a Hollywood thing because of the Screen Actors Guild and credits in movies and stuff. They put the middle initial in there. Yeah. Because there was probably already a Craig Nelson somewhere, yeah. and yeah. it gets a hey, we, I, Craig Nelson. I, I know a Craig Nelson, mm-hmm. but I know who Craig T. Nelson is. Yeah, that's exactly. different than the Craig different. Nelson that I know, coach. Yeah. That's it's different than the Craig Nelson that I know that played defensive back for Lewis and Clark College in the '80s. I have
2: no idea who the actor or producer or whoever Craig Nelson is, but I sure as hell know who Craig T. Nelson You're is.
1: You damn right. There was a great uh, cold open though for the show, Coach, where um, I think Luther gets to pick who their preseason opponent is going to be. And Luther goes on a, on a rant about how he, no, 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 I'm not good at this. I'm not good, good at these things. He's like, yeah, you know, I got to pick family vacation one time, and, you know, I thought it was it was really great. Um, but my family never let me pick the vacation after that. I picked Hawaii, and we went there, and I thought it was great. We woke up in the morning. There were fireworks going off in the air. <laughs> Everything He goes, I thought they were having a whole celebration for us because we were there. Yeah, it turns out that was December 7, December seventh, 1941. It was yes. like, oh, boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he was not allowed to pick the preseason <laughs> opponent at that point. But Luther Van Dam, that that little speech, that cold open stuck with me. That show is brilliance, and I want it back. I think you could do it again. We don't have – what's our – do we have any good sports comedies that are out? Like, the last one that we had was Eastbound and Down. Right? Yeah, I can't <sighs> – like Play. sports based sitcom or sports adjacent television shows they're hard to come by coach the league the fantasy football if you want to yeah. go fantasy football <laughs> you could go fantasy football but it's, i mean i'm i'm scratching and clawing to get there the league is a phenomenal yes. show and my wife hates that show because of the fact that i say uh there's a uh-oh i'm going to screw this up right now mm. no raffy Rafi is in the show The League, mm-hmm. and then Rafi is a children singer, mm. like uh, Baby Beluga. You know that song? Uh, yeah, okay. you know, that, that's yeah. that's. And I always call him Rafi, and she's like, "No, he's not the serial killer from from the show The League. It's Rafi." I'm like, "Ah, dang it! Always get that mixed up. We need, we need uh, Ted Lasso. God, Ted Lasso. There you go. Yeah, Ted Lasso. My God, I love Ted Lasso. I." I forget about Apple TV. Like, yeah. now that Lasso it doesn't have any new episodes coming out. I haven't watched it all the way through yet. You and haven't? I've, I've only watched the first season. I love that show. It's tremendous. It is tremendous. Yeah. It is tremendous. Um, that was a great show. And that one's over, too. You know? Oh, they're but, done, they, done? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're They're, they're, yeah, done, they're done, done,
2: done. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah. They kind of closed the. Close the loops on that, unless oh, they bring okay. him back as an American football coach again. Hey, which see? I'm here for reboot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has to relearn football. Mm. I'm here for it. But we need a good sports. You know, sick. If you're remaking everything else, give me a remake of coach. I'll take it. I just need a funny old man in it. That, you could you could still use Craig T.
0: Nelson, but he he's the old curmudgeonly coach. Mm. And, you've, and then you've got like a Mike McDaniel, young hot rod
1: coach. Okay, see, look. I'm in. You listen and SAG? I'm in. I'm in. I'm here for it, too. Right. Uh, somebody also mentions on the Vancouver Ford text line, it's Larry Bird's birthday today. The Hick from French Lick. Mm, that's, that's one of my favorite nicknames it's of all so
2: time. Good.
0: And the fact that it's the Hick from French Lick who talked all of the S yes. endlessly and famously has one of the best S-talking lines ever against the Portland Trailblazers saying, I'm saving
2: my right hand for the Lakers. And scored 42 points with his left. Well, there was one also, uh, what, before a three-point <laughs> contest, and he comes in and says, which one of you MFers is coming in second? And then went out and won. And then went out and won.
1: So I, I'm i looking this up right now because I want to know what he did. But have you ever heard the story of Larry Bird playing baseball? No. Okay. So after his his final year at Indiana State uh, – him talking S, he was talking S in the training room with some baseball players from Indiana State saying, I could play baseball, you know, and then he would, he'd run his mouth, run his mouth, run his mouth. And so finally one day, um, one of the baseball players goes, fine bird, just do it and call him, you know, a P word. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's like, all right, okay, I'll, I'll go do it. Um and he, I guess one of the guys said, "Real men play with balls this size," and held up a baseball. And Larry Bird took that personally. Mm. And no way, Larry Bird ended up <laughs> going out in in finding. Uh, a, they had to like patchwork a baseball uniform together for him they did not have pants that were long enough to fit his six nine frame so he wore <laughs> high the high pants they were supposed to go down to his ankles they wore, he wore them at his knee yeah okay <laughs> knickers he was not wearing a baseball hat for the team because his head was so big they had to go and find like a trucker hat Size on campus <laughs> so it wasn't he was like a no it's a an adjustable hat yeah and he went out there and he still holds the single season uh batting average record because he played in a uh, doubleheader he finished 1 for 2 with 2 RBIs and then recorded 9 putouts as the first baseman but his 1 for 2 he he hit 500 <laughs> and it's still in the Indiana state record books wow. so he just because he played in one game he went 1 for so 2 he just walked out there and said all right bet <laughs> yeah yeah 1 for 2 with i don't know how I I mean, he won for 2 at 2 RBI so he had a, he had a double I'm guessing. Yeah. And <laughs> It's the Indiana State record book says oh it's no longer the highest. It is uh it's in the top 3 for batting average and they just keep it there because it's he Larry went out there bird. and the crazy part about it is could you imagine that in today's day and age? Right? With like this is after the basketball season was over mm-hmm. before the NBA draft. You had one of the top prospects in the this draft. This
0: Victor Wimbanyama actually playing.
1: Yeah. And they were like, he goes out and he goes out for the uh, uh, in a baseball game. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you doing? There's no way anybody would let a prospect now do that. No, they, uh, they would kill him before. Wendy, they- I think,
0: went to, to a Yankees game when he came through. And there's a picture of him or video of him holding a baseball bat, Dusty. Yeah. It is terrifying because it looks like a fly swatter. It's, you're just like, we're, it's a 36, it's like a 36, 28. Yeah. Like it is a, I, I want to say it was, it might've been judge's bat. Huh. Like it was a, it was a big bat and it's the length of his forearm. <laughs> and you're just like, what is this?
1: Yeah. But in uh, 1979, Larry Bird Good played God, baseball. God, what a dude. Yeah. He played baseball for Indiana state and it was against uh Kentucky Wesleyan who, um, they went they went up against him and he grooved one they grooved one for him and he, he got a hit. And he his batting average, his college baseball batting average was five hundred. Can you imagine how many people probably showed up to that game? Right. Against like Indiana State baseball, where they're like, God, I can't believe we even have a baseball team. It doesn't thaw out here for another month. <laughs> and Larry Bird's out there just taking hacks at the plate and playing first base. Talk about a stretch, man. Six foot nine, first baseman. <laughs> Good. He's God. just like reaching he's, he's over. He's reaching the taking, pitcher's mound. <laughs> he's taking it from the second baseman and just like Thank putting you. Putting it in his glove. <laughs> Thank you for that. So yeah, Larry Bird, great athlete. And happy birthday, Larry Bird. Indeed. The legend continues.
0: I've I've talked to him a couple times throughout the uh, last couple or last I just did a couple years. Over a decade. Good dude, too. Like just he will talk to you. Hmm. Uh, summer League. Twice I, I sat down next to him, uh, 2012, 2013, So ten years ago, he, back then you could just be at summer league and just talk to dudes. Yeah, it was a lot it was more. A time. It was a lot more anonymous and a lot more open. But yeah, just, I mean, as you would expect, a basketball genius. Oh, of course. It just stuff. Just the stuff that just kind of comes out of people like that when you're talking to them. It kind of short circuits you. Yep. Because they they quite literally see the game differently than every other human being.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we got some of the we got some sports shows that have come in. There's still not a lot. Blue Mountain State. Either of you guys watch Blue Mountain State? No. I've heard a lot about it. I
2: have two. What's um, with uh, What is it? Ed Marinero. It's got the big dude from Jack. No, Reacher. Football
1: player. No idea.
0: It's the big dude from Jack Reacher. Okay. He's he's in that. That's which is kind, kind of, of like a strong contrast because he's super massive killing machine. Right, Jack Reacher, and right. then he's Ooh. a party bro who looks like Bill Swancut.
1: Uh, you got that. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I remember that show. Oh, yeah. He was a basketball yeah. coach. That's you been know. a little
2: Holly Robinson Pete. Yeah. yeah.
1: oh yeah. Holly Robinson <sighs> Pete. Goodness gracious. Still got it. Yes, she does. Still got it. Uh, but they were the Penguins. That was the high school team that mm. he was a high school basketball coach for. Remember that one? Yeah. Uh, Brock Meyer, that coming from Jordan. Brock Meyer's a great never one. Never
0: watched that. Friday Night Lights was, a good, was another one.
1: Yeah, that wasn't a comedy though. Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, it's more. Drama. You know,
1: like you need a it, like we're talking comedies here, yeah. and hang with Mr. Cooper. That was more of like a family.
0: Yeah. sitcom. That was more like uh, that was a TGI.
2: That was a TGIF. Yeah, wasn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that that wasn't that with uh, uh, Family Matters. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, that whole yeah. Friday night block. I'll tell you what. Yeah. We fell asleep with the TV on a while ago, and the TBS the superstation. Mm-hmm. They run reruns of Family Matters, and it woke me up. It scared the living S out of me. <laughs> Urkel going,
0: did I do that? And I was like,
1: it like woke
0: me up. And, did you see the discussions of, of that being uh, rebooted?
1: No, it with, shouldn't with be. With
0: him and uh, and uh, Lisa?
1: No. Be- because I was so God like freaked out by it that I ended up watching the show. And I loved that show growing up. That show was not good. It wasn't good. Well, Maybe Ur- I was just upset.
0: They want they want to do a reboot with Urkel and Laura as the parents now.
1: No, no, don't do that. We did that with uh, we did that with Fuller House. Yeah, and didn't they also do it with like Boy Meets World? Didn't get they do out. That? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl Meets World. Yeah, that's right. Don't, but, let's yeah. not do this. No. Let's stop doing that. Mm. And they did it with that seventy show became that ninety show. Yeah. We're out. Maybe they should. I don't know. Try
0: something new and original.
1: Yeah but reboot coach that's (laughs) to bring it full circle let's reboot Reboot coach coach. i like that all right we got some sporting that we got to do here on on today's show um a lot that we need to get to we'll get to our picks coming up at two o'clock picks against the spread uh we've got harbaugh news we got portal uh news coming in as the beeves continue to see that slow bleed of guys entering the transfer portal and a little bit of uh Rivalry blood still still brewing in those. We've got a head coach that is or a couple of head coaches that are just speaking the truth, okay? They're just speaking the truth. Let's take it easy on them and then uh something that we talked about yesterday, but a a report has come out today about the downfall of one head coach, and oh boy it does not it does not look good for one team that we believe to be an AFC contender. Mm. but where we start, the fans have spoken, and it's for the greater good. on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
0: Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. One, two, three, up! Dusty on the fan.
1: All right, yesterday we talked. started the show with the report out there that the Civil War is going to be returning 2024. Uh, not going to miss a year. September 14th, 2024. Ducks and Beavs going to be playing. And we got a lot of um, emotional reactions to it at the, at the time. And so we put a poll up as the show went on. Do you want the Civil War to continue? Yes, from an Oregon fan. No, from an Oregon fan. Yes, from an Oregon State fan, and no, from an Oregon State fan. I feel like we needed all four of those options because of how divided the two fan bases were. Uh, a seemingly, Oregon State fan more outspoken about not wanting to play the rivalry because they felt they got screwed by Oregon. You know, and I understand why you why you would have a no feeling about that for sure. We in saw a, it in the text line. Oh, ab- uh, uh, in spades yesterday so when we put the poll up yesterday and it is still up, you got one hour left to vote at Danny and dusty on Twitter. We got 856 votes on this bad boy. And yes is the overwhelming favorite. And I, I'm glad to see that because I wasn't quite sure what to expect out of it. And it's like 79% was a total of yes. Oregon fan, 53% coming in with uh yes on that Oregon state fan, 26.1% coming in on yes. And then a very small portion of Duck fan and Beaver fans were both saying no. About Basically 80-20. 8% for Oregon, 12% for Oregon State saying no. Uh, they don't want the rivalry to go on. And I feel like for the greater good in the history of the the rivalry moving forward, the next few years are going to be huge for it. And that is that is the truth of it because in a few years we can take a look at this and if Oregon State is continuing on a downward trajectory because of all of this, in uh, the fallout that comes with realignment and your coach moving on and going to Michigan State, and then maybe you do reassess it and say, do we need this rivalry to go every single year from the Oregon State perspective? But the reality is that, look, Oregon had out-recruited you, they outspend you, and you still were able to win last year. You, you, you came from behind and you won last year. It's going to be an uphill climb, but if you can make this thing competitive, you sure as hell better make this thing an annual tradition.
0: I just, even through all of the frustrations and arguments that we had yesterday on the text line, I don't see how this is a bad thing for Oregon State. Yeah. I, look, I, I can I can take your, your feedback, B fans, and I, I get where you're coming from. I'm just going to disagree with you on this. There hasn't been an argument anywhere close to compelling enough for me to consider changing my opinion on that. I I mean, I was open to the idea of, like, you you know what? Maybe they shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. But there's just no reason not to. So if you are the lesser team and you have the lesser resources and you're going to get the crap kicked out of you, fine. You just want it to be somebody else other than Big Brother? Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. But are you, or are you a team that finds yourself? with that chip on your shoulder and wanting to climb up and be a Boise state or be an Oregon state who has found themselves in these positions on this coast so many times over the last 20 years.
1: Yeah. And I I feel like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of blame being put around to, uh, to Oregon breaking the conference. Right. And Oregon is the one that, that destroyed Oregon and Washington leaving are really the dominoes that fell. And that's just not true. Were they two of the dominoes that fell? Yeah, they were, but they weren't the straw that broke the camel's back. They weren't because USC and UCLA, they were the first to go. Then remember Colorado was the second and you were sitting there and you were looking at it going, all right, now we have three teams to replace here. Like that's a different, that's a different animal. Like Mm -hmm. when you're going, all right, now we got to go, we got to dip down to the third one. And then Oregon and Washington were looking at it going, we hear everything about, before, Or remember, the, quote, surprise of Oregon and Washington leaving for the Big Ten. <laughs> that was on the heels of the Arizona schools all saying, "Do we are going to, we're we going. may bounce. Yeah. We may bounce. And remember, Michael Crow, the ASU president, was <laughs> trying to hold on, like, oh, I don't want to go. What? What world was he living in? We can't believe this, as, as to say, like they were trying their damnedest to hold the conference together. And so everybody just started looking out for themselves. And that's where a fracture happened in Oregon, Washington, go to the Big 10. Everybody else goes to the Big 12. It wasn't just one school in particular, it was a collection of university presidents, mm-hmm. athletic directors, two conference commissioners that ignored the elephant in the room for a decade, for far too long. Yeah. And you know what? That does include. Oregon State's president Ed Ray. Mm-hmm. It does include Washington State's president Kirk Schultz, mm-hmm. who they they were culpable in all of this as well. Like it, it was a collection. Yeah, and I understand the ire uh, of the fan base having to go somewhere, and it's not going to go out yourself. No, right? Because that's, that's looking not how inward is
0: works. Looking inward is not how fandom works. No,
1: <laughs> no, it's how very few people operate mm-hmm. in this world. <laughs> Probably should change things, mm. but. If you look at it as the collective, there's a there's a lot of reasons why this thing blew up. But you're going to point to your rival and say, screw you guys. You're the ones that hosed us. And I don't think that is necessarily the truth. Um, I, I don't think so either.
0: You, and I also I think that should be the rallying cry for the program. Yeah. And that's why this this rivalry should continue going.
1: I'll It's p- you, specifically that. I'll tell you what, though. You take a look at the, what the transfer portal is doing. buddy. The transfer portal is filling up with beeves right now and that is one of the things that that's the worst fear and it was the worst fear in conference realignment and then it was exacerbated when jonathan smith picked up and packed his bags for east lansing michigan and yeah no quarterbacks you got your your tight end room is is all but empty it's like will smith just standing there by himself you got jamaud mccoy who was a really good defensive back for you. Leaky Arnold has entered the portal as well. The exodus is is gonna be real. There's gonna be some guys that do stick around, but this is the the thing that I caution is that some guys that even said that they may stay, they may take a look around and be like, "I'm here alone." Yeah, and that's a tough that's a tough place to be. Um,
0: Will Smith and, in the uh, empty room looking around kind of situation.
1: But there's going to be some of those guys that still stick stick with it and they're going to become heroes at Oregon State. Yeah. And they should never have to buy a beer again in Corvallis. No,
0: and that and that it it is an allure to some guys. Yeah. It 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 like there is they're not just there. It's happened across the country. It's like, yeah, I could have gone somewhere else, but now I never have to work another day in my life really because I am so ingrained with this university mm-hmm. or I am so ingrained with this team that you you Me and them are synonymous. Yeah. And so I'll host every event and speak at every gala and,
1: you know, I'll be taken care of for life. That's a real thing. Yeah. Well, science, the scientific Twitter poll, Mm. it has been, we got less than an hour remaining on it. So if you haven't voted, go ahead and vote right now. At Danny Dusty on social media. All right. Hey, nice little win last night. Nice little win last night. Mm. You saw a little bit difference. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Here's Rust with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Oh, how the expectations have changed. My goodness, watching that Blazer game last night and the fact that it took Steph Curry to rip the soul out of the Portland Trail Blazers without DeAndre Ayton and Jeremy Grant and, and like, Malcolm Brogdon. And,
0: <laughs> yeah. He went down and then uh, three minutes ago in the second quarter.
1: How is, is he? Uh, are they just going to put him down uh, or.
0: Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're going to stuff out his life. Uh, he's, he's putting him down. It seems a little harsh. Uh, he, well, Well, I I mean, I I said he went down didn't say they put him down.
1: Well, I mean, that's just what the, I mean, the blazers, I mean, are in a weird spot right now. You never know anymore. Uh,
0: I haven't gotten a, uh, I haven't gotten an update yet. I expect I'll get one here in a little bit. Uh, but he went down with, with right knee soreness. So,
1: but it was like. That is a game where the the Warriors used to just rip your soul out, beat you by 30, and then say, adios, amigos, deuces. And last night, it was like a... They ripped their soul out, said adios, deuces, just with 45 seconds to go. Yeah, because <laughs> Steph Curry got a step-back three, and it was like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. that's not a guy you want shooting that one. Yep. Probably should take that shot away. But I I I, it was a... The, you, you see Warrior fans, and they're like, hey, yeah, uh, you know, we got away with the win there. They're ten and eleven right now, and they do not look good. They're not good at all. Like Uh, they don't feel comfortable with that win.
0: Bluntly, Clay Thompson is cooked.
1: Yeah, he's not good at basketball. And it's a bummer he
0: he did not get a chance to age gracefully. The Achilles and ACL, ACL, it, it sapped every bit of him. He's just it's. It's not there.
1: That's tough. It, it is. He's a likable guy. He's one of the best shooters that we've ever, ever seen. He's a
0: first ballot Hall of Famer, great player.
1: And great one of the dude one of the great defenders, mm-hmm. perimeter defenders as well. Yeah. And I think like he never that, made an
0: all NBA team, but like, all, all defensive team, but he was Which, which is very crazy. It's hard, man.
1: It's, but he was also in the shadow of of Steph, being, Green in, too, in, defensively. Yeah, Steph and Draymond the entire time and
0: which Dre makes everything easier. Like absolutely. That's part of it.
1: Um but uh, he's look, not there anymore, man.
0: No, Clay's gone. Dre's a step behind. Although he took over in that fourth quarter as a distributor. Good God, that lob to Jonathan Kaminga. Um, he is spectacular as a as a as a playmaker on the four on three. But the big thing last night was the return of Anthony Simons.
1: Yeah, and the way the level that he played coming back after not after not playing for what was it uh, 19 essentially nineteen games? games yeah, yeah, nineteen games. He,
0: look, man. Um, he missed some shots. He didn't hesitate. He let that thing fly. Mm-hmm. And for all of the... Remember even when Jeremy got hot over the last two weeks? It was like, I don't really like Jeremy being that guy. There isn't a single shot that Anthony took last night. We're like, mm, I don't like that shot. Yeah. That's the difference in the, in the level of offensive weapon Anthony Simons truly is.
1: Now, this is where you kind of go down the road of in a season like this for Portland... Mm-hmm. You don't care about wins and losses. Yeah. You want to play. You want to play games tight.
0: Get a vibes win every now and then.
1: This is not a measuring stick game, like we, like anybody, probably at the beginning of the year would kind of circle and say, "All right, well, we'll get to see where they're at in December," yeah. because I think that game was more telling about Golden State than it was Portland.
0: I'd say both, in the extent of you saw a veteran team in the Warriors who, even if they are long in the tooth. Steph is still very much Steph. He's terrifying. Uh, Draymond took over as, I mean, did you see Dre's final line?
1: Yeah, 10, 10, and 9.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really good. Really good. He was 3 of 5 on twos and then basically had a triple-double and then was their defensive quarterback. Um, But it tested this Portland team, and what's been really interesting is we have, I think, collectively, and this is something I've, I've heard from the fan base, is like, what are the tenets of Chauncey Billups?
1: What is it? What is what does Chauncey Billups bring to the team? Dude, I have no idea. Like, honestly, I, I and I say this with uh, with watching, and I'm not gonna say every game because look, back half of last year, who are we kidding? Yeah, you know, some games this year, who are we kidding? O-
0: the only sicko here between us is me.
1: Well, absolutely, but. <laughs> I watched far more Blazers than I probably should. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Monster.
1: On so many levels, you're sick sicko. Yeah. This is one of them. This is one of your like serial killer tendencies. I mean, I'm going we to the remix this. game after the show today. This is one of your serial killer <laughs> tendencies. Okay? <laughs> You'd be like, ah, oh, you know, uh, you is... could throw somebody off the bluff and never see anybody again. Mm. But uh, don't. 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 Interesting. But um, with everything that I've seen in the kind of ways that Chauncey has had one hand tied behind his back mm-hmm. at times. And then in other stretches, you've seen the the roster just not be Match good enough. what they want to do. And then he has to change dramatically what he, what he wants to do from like, segments of a season even from the beginning, middle and end. He's having to change the identity of this team based on guys that they're shutting down, guys that are, you know, being recalled from the G league and actually playing well like Mm -hmm. this year. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know because we've seen so many variations in such a short amount of time and none of it has been good to be honest, but I don't know if that's a clear indicator of like what to, to your question of what are the tenets of Chauncey Billups? I think we're
0: actually starting to see them. Okay. And that's that's where I think this a performance like this is, is kind of impressive. And that comes down to you you're not getting cheated by this team on effort. Like they they come out the, the only time that they have come out with a, a crappy effort, it's OKC game. Yeah. It's the only time like where it's just been this last road trip, like they came out a little slow against Cleveland and Chauncey distro- I've heard from multiple people. He lit that room up. At halftime, what ended up happening? They responded. That's the interesting thing is they have been responsive to coaching, so to speak. Um, The tenants of this team, offensively, without Anthony, they're not great. (laughs) I mean, they're very bad. But you add Anthony in there, all of a sudden, everything starts to It's not perfect. But now Shea is working off pin downs. Tumani's working on back cuts. Like, everybody's allowed to be a little bit more themselves because the defense is going, this guy is a bad dude. We cannot let him come Mm -hmm. off screens clear. Because what happens? He cans threes endlessly on us. And with that, that, that's the frame of their offense. That's very simplified. But defensively, they are dogged. They get after you. You have three guys that are picking up full court the entire game. The physicality is becoming a real thing. I have talked to multiple opponents about Tamani Kamara, just trying to get an understanding of what they think of him.
1: Love Tamani Kamara. They
0: all call him a giant pain in the ass, and they say it in a very flattering but much more derogatory fashion. He is a dog. He He ends up fouling out last night because, number one, he picked up three fouls he should not have picked up because I will, look, I'm not going to blame officiating for a loss in almost any time unless it's uh, Scott Foster blowing multiple goaltending opportunities against the Marcus Aldridge so horribly Thunder. that the NBA had to change it and against the Utah Jazz and did Utah it twice Jazz, yep. in the same season. They had to change, yeah. change the literal rule um, beyond that. The officiating last night was horrendous. Anthony Simons gets elbowed in the back of the head by Draymond Green, and it turns into an offensive foul or a a defensive foul. You've got Shaden Sharp getting almost knocked to the ground on drives. Tamani Kamara getting called for cutting off Steph Curry on one end and then not being called for Anthony Simons on Steph Curry on the other end.
1: I've believed this in my core that a team like Portland, they're like.
0: They're not getting calls. Who cares? No, 100% they're not. Um, Who cares? but
1: But. I mean, even the fan base is like. Wins and losses don't matter. No, but I
0: just want to see them get okay. the respect that they deserve for the effort that they're putting into the game. Okay, And that's the thing, is that that's become their calling card, is they are disruptive as hell. I believe they're number one in the league. I'll, I'll update today. They're the most disruptive team in the league. Deflection, steals, blocks, like, they get after it. They are disruptive that. as hell.
1: I love that. One of my favorite things uh, growing up was watching the uh, the hustle board, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they
0: light this thing up, man. <laughs>
1: The hustle board in the Rose Garden back in the day was one of my favorite things to look at. And when I took my son to his, his first game this year, and he, I, I was like, "Yep, he's mine." He was all about the hustle board. He he didn't care about the scoreboard. He was all about the hustle board. Well, I mean, and all of these things are great, but I think Anthony Simons coming back is a is a a great sign for this team being palatable to watch offensively this season. Uh, and you hope he's he he stays healthy. But we have a we have a text here on the Vancouver Ford text line. And I don't think that, you know, you are singled out on this, but I don't think this is you. I, I, my question is, how do we stop this from happening, though? The text is, CJ 2.0, Meringue overvalues Ant so much. And my pushback to that is, I think, collectively, as a Blazers fan base, we do value Ant a lot because of he is really damn good, and we do need to acknowledge that. He's
0: also better but than CJ.
1: How do we? how do we how do we navigate the slippery slope of in a year where he is your offensive output, but you know that this roster is not nearly good enough to not overvalue that guy and, you know, do what Neil O'Shea did, which is hang on to CJ for too long or not build a competent and competitive roster around his skill set?
0: That's the thing is that everybody keeps talking about number one, trading Anthony Simons. You're not trading Anthony Simons because number one, like I just said, he's better than CJ McCullough.
1: Yeah, he's on a sweetheart of a deal. Too. Not only that,
0: I, I'm. This is not my opinion. This is from teams. This is from players. This is from coaches. This is from execs. Teams are terrified of Anthony Simons. They are terrified of him offensively. There's a reason why they are doubling at forty feet. They want the bleeping ball out of his hands.
1: Well, and it, it especially when you don't have Jeremy or DeAndre yes. <laughs> on the floor. Either. But I, but I mean, on any given night, yeah.
0: When they were when they were fully healthy in that first half against the Clippers in the in the first game of the season, the Clippers were double teaming yeah. at forty feet. Yeah, they did not want the ball in his hands.
1: His development is going to be interesting and fun to watch as it pertains to the rest of the team around him. And does he and they take, have two years to figure it out? Does he take a step up on the defense because that's end as well?
0: Here is the thing: for all of the people that are like, well, they need to trade Ant and prioritize Scoot. You number one, you should not do that there's no guarantee that Scoot Henderson is going to be as good as Anthony Simons. And right now, if Anthony Simons, if he adds free throw generation and even remotely solid defense, you're looking at a 28 point per game score on insane efficiency mm. who stretches the floor out to 35 feet. And if you have that, that's the, that's the thing that breaks defenses. Okay. So if you have that, why would you trade that away? Especially like $25 million
1: a year. I would, uh, Look, last night, Blazers lose. Ant comes back. He fills it up. 28 points. Uh, to, again, don't overvalue any win. Don't under, undervalue or overvalue any loss. It's not about wins or
0: losses this season. A perfect point of that, as much as this season probably hasn't felt that bad, at least it hasn't to me, they're 6-14 and 14 through 20 games, which... Justy, think about this real quick. Do the math. Times four. What's six times four?
1: Six times four is 24.
0: Okay. 28 and a half was I
1: was not confident in that, by the way. (laughs) God, (laughs) that was way harder than it should have been.
0: 28 and a half was the over-under line. (laughs) I took the under. Right now, they are on pace for
1: 24 wins.
0: Okay? Just saying.
1: All right. You know what I would love? I would love to hear one day um, Chauncey Billups say... What we heard last night from one coach, though. So. Mm. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Now the world don't move To the beat of just one drone. What might be right for you May not be right for some. Danny and Dusty on, on the Odyssey app And 1080, 1080, the fan I love it when a coach comes out And is just brutally honest with you. He just tells you exactly how it is And doesn't sugarcoat anything. Last night, you had the uh, Dallas Mavericks who are really good. I wonder how much of it has to do with Kyrie Irving just kind of shutting up and not talking about his conspiracy theories or idiotic thoughts mm. and just playing basketball and, mm. uh, you know, allowing also Luka Doncic to be one of the best players in the world like he is. Because when Kyrie Irving isn't a complete distraction to everything around him, in his team and the basketball world as a whole. He is also one of the best basketball players in the world. Super. Kyrie super useful. <laughs> Kyrie Irving still really damn good at this basketball game, but last night the Mavericks who are 12 and 8 on the season absolutely manhandled the Utah Jazz 147 to 97. That is a 50 point win and the jazz are not good right now they're seven and 14 one in ten on the road this year they're just I was expecting the jazz to be better than this and what we're seeing out of them because they're blazer they're blazers right now Blazers six and 14 they're seven and 14 yeah no they're, they're on the same level will Hardy is the head coach of the Utah Jazz and I applaud this from coaches when you get an effort and you we have so many guys that are just afraid to just call it like it is because they don't want to ruffle the feathers or, you know, rock the boat of their locker room. Will Hardy had the best post game press conference of all time.
0: Um, that was a uh, that was an absolutely horrendous performance from start to finish. Um, that was a masterpiece of dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really don't know how to describe that
2: game.
1: I think you did it perfectly. Yes. You did it perfectly. They were terrible from the field. They were awful on defense. You lose by fifty. I love, <laughs> I love it when we have coaches that are just like, "Yeah, that was a masterpiece of dog blank." <laughs> this isn't the
0: first time Will Hardy has done this. In fact, when they came to Portland, uh, I talked to him in the pregame, and uh, he was pretty blunt at the assessment of, of of how they were playing going into the season. Is that the was not the same that they had starting last year they're kind of like this surprise yeah but i think that their surprise last year is a lot like what's been a little bit surprising i think to some people at least with this portland team when they have looked good and they have executed and they have gotten some wins what's been the cause veterans with a couple of young guys bolstering them yeah you know what the jazz don't have on their team anymore veterans, veterans. mike conley the guy that Got them going and got them in and out of stuff. One of the most valuable players, I think, and most overlooked players in the NBA, Mike Conley, is no longer there. And he's in Minnesota, who, remind me again, what's Minnesota doing this year?
1: Minnesota winning a lot of basketball games. They're number one in the West. Yeah. Golly.
0: Big difference a big difference. Not having that table setter, that organizer to get you into things. They have a rookie, Keontae George, who they finally handed the keys over to, after having Jordan Clarkson being
1: that guy. But John Collins is probably their vet, right? Lowry. Yeah,
0: they're same class. Who's they're not? Pro- who's they're both. Not, t- they're both 2017. Not playing. Both guys Portland
1: could have drafted. Don't. Don't bring facts into this, Danny. <laughs> I
0: mean, they would have to move up one more spot to get Lowry, but still. <laughs> um, that
1: makes me laugh because yeah. I was sitting there and I tweeted out yes last night that my favorite part of this young Blazers season is Scoot Specs mm-hmm. because uh, I'm just looking at bright spots right now. Oh, right? look,
0: the Afro and the Specs, man, it's a it's a
1: look. It's throwback, dude. Yeah. And I love I love it. And the response to that tweet was, I just wish you could play some effing basketball to go with it. I thought he was
0: okay. I mean, he hey. bricked that three horribly last night, but I think his, uh, his mid-range pull-up game... you talking was about the wide-open corner three? No, the one from the top. Okay, the, the one it, from the
1: top. The one the, from the corner was pretty bad, yeah. too, later in the game.
0: Yeah, the one from the top
1: missed by two feet. So yeah.
0: um, his footwork's a mess. But back to the Jazz, um, not only that, like, they, not only are they lacking their veterans, they've been missing Lowry, they've been missing Olenek, they've been missing Jordan yeah. Clarkson. So when you don't have those guys uh, in the NBA... I mean, are you noticing the scores dusty? It's not just that, you know, defense isn't being played. It is, it's just it's harder to play defense because A players are better. Their specialists don't exist anymore. If you can't do a host of things, you're not getting extended time on the floor. And that that Mavs team when they are humming, Luca and Kyrie with Lively as a rim runner, The decisions it makes you have to go through defensively. Luca is a supercomputer. He had a 29 point triple double at the half.
1: Like, this is my thing about the NBA is like the, and you're right in that we've seen the relegation of the specialist, like just the sharpshooter that you can just throw in there and be like, yeah, I mean, that can't play any defense on the
0: other end or can't put the ball down on the floor. Just hide
1: him. Yeah. You you can't
0: do that for long stretches anymore.
1: The sheer athleticism with the size that some of these guys are rolling out on the floor is incredible. And that's like I think that heightens the guys like Kyrie Irving who are undersized but have that just freakish twitch. And also maybe the
0: tightest handle in the history of the league. They
1: play so well complete basketball Mm -hmm. that you can't you can no longer hide those guys on the floor. The specialists that that are are just like Big Shot Bob, right? Robert Mm -hmm. Ory. He was long.
0: He'd compete He'd defensively, through. but...
1: But that was why he was the guy who would yeah. come in and, and be a spot guy coming in off the bench. And I think, like, He was a big
0: who would stretch you out.
1: Yeah. And that's, like, those, those guys still exist. They yeah. still have a role. But they're not, not nearly not extended. A, not as significant as the... The Ryan Andersons
0: were. and yeah. the Davis Bertons of the world. Because what will end up happening nowadays is a guy like Luka or Jokic, they will just hunt you yep. mercilessly which is what Luca did last night. He goes, <laughs> "You don't have anybody for me.
1: My turn." And that's that's crazy is that it's more of a the NBA and iso ball kind of in the early 2000s kind of ruined the NBA, and mm-hmm. made it unpalatable to watch. But it's swinging back it, into this generation, it. but it is far more balanced. It's advanced. That's what it is. But it is so, ISO ball is 100% back in the NBA.
0: Oh yeah, but you mean you're, you're not, you're, not
1: that it ever really left, but it's You're so getting into different. it in
0: different ways.
1: It has evolved with athleticism and size. And,
0: and decision-making. Yeah. Like the, a six foot eight decision-maker, like, Luka Doncic didn't exist. So yeah, it's iso ball after three straight pick and roll actions that gets you different switches that has something attacking on a backside that has a you know if you're attacking in an empty corner no help on the other like it's all one thing triggering another triggering another triggering another. It's not just the quote unquote because I hate it when people just say oh it's iso ball because they used to say this about Terry Stotts all the yep.
1: time. It's not. It's different. It's not. And this is and this is going to sound like old man yelling at the clouds. This is the difference between the European bred basketball player and the AAU serve myself style Three of basketball. Best players in the
0: NBA right now: Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not th- I mean, there's that's, a that's reason it. why. Yeah, these like honestly, well, hell, con-
1: even even the guy that we were talking about with Utah, Laurie Markin.
0: I mean, the, th- the thing about this is it's coming up in this next draft. It's a little bit weak. Nikola Topic is playing for Mega overseas. He he's like a he's he's Luka Doncic at home, okay. Like he's he's a six foot seven cerebral monster who is shooting like forty six percent from three and carving teams up as a seventeen year old. Okay, like it just yeah. it it, it the floodgates are opening from the former Soviet Union and Europe to the NBA, and they play a better brand of basketball.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, we got that to look forward to. We
0: <laughs> get your. Sh- Stuff together, AAU. A-
1: I don't think that's ever changing because mm. money, my man, mm. too much money in it. All right, uh, hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we get back to a whole lot of football and where we got to start an interesting hangup. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Tune in is the audio platform
0: with something for everyone.